0: Welcome to the Embracing Race podcast. All episodes were recorded in advance, so don't be alarmed if the timeline seems a little bit cattywampus.
1: Okay. Welcome to another episode of Embracing Race. My name is Shawnee. My pronouns are she, her, hers. My name is,
0: sorry, my name is Jessie Littlejohn, and my pronouns are they, them. And this is the Embracing Race podcast.
1: Conversations with truth and intention. Okay, look, this is so funny. Well, it's not funny, but so we did the episode last week and people love us. Like they really do. Like people that I'm not, I didn't even realize was like listening to my, to the show.
0: Yeah, you like, got comments on your your one, uh, the promo piece with the story. You got some good shout outs. Of, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> and then they were like, Shawnee, you never had green bean casserole. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I wasn't surprised. Thanks to everybody for listening to our Thanksgiving episode,
1: our yeah. last minute Thanksgiving episode. Thank you so much. We appreciate you.
0: I told Sarah, I'm like Sarah. You have to listen to our Thanksgiving episode. All we do is talk about food, and it's awesome.
1: <laughs> and then so, and then Nancy Neal, so um, minister member at large in our presbytery, on Thanksgiving, because I spent Thanksgiving. She came to my family's house for Thanksgiving, well, nice. and um, I texted her on Thursday, and th- she was out for a walk, listening to season two. <laughs> I think that it's so cool that people have put it into their like routine of living. They do life, right?
0: (laughs) And you can always set up your whatever podcast channel you listen to. You can set up to get notifications, so when there are new episodes that drop, yeah, you can be notified, so you never miss an episode.
1: Yes. Okay, so. Here we go. Run of show, pop culture, political shit, Jesus stuff. Love Love it. Love it. All right. So I do want to shout out to the 36th annual Soul Train Music Awards. I used to watch this show all the time. All right. Um, So I don't know if y'all know this about me, but I love award shows. It doesn't matter what it is. Like I didn't know that the Griot Awards was televised. I would have watched that. Like I love award shows. So, and it it doesn't matter. Like I said, what it is the Oscars, the Grammys, uh, the um, the Golden Globes, the Critics' Choice Awards, the CMTs, the AMAs, all of it. I I'm a I'm a fan. So this, but uh, I did not watch the Soul Train Music Awards. I don't know what I was doing, but I was I had every intention to because my girl Kiki Palmer was the host, but they had this icon category for years for the past thirty six years called the Lady of Soul award mm-hmm. given to um a a woman that they deem has soul and is like not just in the music industry but outside like their philanthropy and humanitarian work I love how we are evolving as a Mm -hmm. people, as a society, as a culture. They renamed the category the spirit of soul. So they non-gendered it. Yeah. And then they gave this year's recipient was Janelle Monet, who Who is non-binary. Who is now non-binary and -hmm. and pronouns are they them. And I just thought that was awesome. I just wanted I wanted to lift that up because I think that was just cool. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and I love that it came from a traditionally African-American and Black um, show, like yes, setting the example yet again of how we should be evolving. And that probably on some level wasn't like not necessarily well-received, but it could have been very controversial to change that within I the think, Black community. I,
1: I definitely feel like someone in the planning committee, because we've both been on planning committees, we've both been on committees period boards whatever yeah. there was more than one discussion oh yeah right yeah <laughs> which I also think is is you know I that's the part that I hope that you know when we do this show when we are coaching when we're just you know living out our our faithfulness in the ways that we do I hope what gets went across like we understand that these conversations aren't easy right mm-hmm. we understand that there is a nuance there's a both and all of the things right we're going to get into something also a little bit challenging in a minute when we talk about political shit but what i hope that we get across is that to remain faithful and to stay at the table and that we we, we stay at the table and we stay in conversation yeah with love yeah right yeah. Because uh yeah. I say that but then also wanna have boundaries because what came up for me is my interaction I had the other day about Vashti on Facebook. <laughs> is that how you pronounce it?
0: Vashti I I was in my head I was pronouncing it vashti. Is it that? Va- is it vashti? I
1: have no idea how well, it's I pronounced. only say Vashti because one of the first female bishops in the ame church Vashti. her name is Vashti mckenzie okay um and she was a mentor of a former client of mine okay and so whenever i would be on a call with her or in her presence that's how she said her name yeah and so and i think that's what i you know as I'm talking this out, which I've already talked it out with my therapist too, I had a I had a therapy session on Tuesday because it was like I need to calm down. Because do you want to
0: tell I, people what happened?
1: Sure. So you don't have to, but you are mentioning no, 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 it. So. I, yeah, yeah. So Monday, okay. So it all started Monday morning, and I, um. I, I I don't want to talk about the first part because I didn't get permission to share that story. I don't want to right. be mindful of that, but I was I got triggered I got triggered Monday morning and that led to this entire like I was just on a war path like it's I was like, like all I, day you you went back all, and forth all day all day so and then so when I got triggered, I was told to calm down and then that pissed me off because. I was, I was calm. (laughs) So I don't like to be told to calm down. And so, and that was really what prompted me to call my therapist because I'm like, I'm not going to be able to function all week unless I unpack this. (laughs) like
0: Yeah. Which I want to just take a moment to recognize like (laughs) good on you for recognizing your personal triggers one and two, like i i know this is not a healthy space and so i need to talk it out with my therapist not just like some friend on instagram or like on text but like i need to talk to a professional and like sort this out because something's going on i wish more people would do that so good on you for living that example
1: well thank you and so what happened as i was fuming from that fuming y'all like it was ridiculous I go on social media, which is the wrong thing to do. Like, I don't. <laughs> and I'm already mad because the people that I want to know what's going on in their lives, their posts come up like six days later. And then I'm getting mm-hmm. these random people that, although we have 214 mutual friends, I don't know these people. Right. So this is the downside of social media and having a social media platform is that I don't know the people that follow me. I like, but we have yep. so this person had 214, 214 friends. And um and we'll just start. So and what happened, this is the Jesus stuff, I guess we're gonna talk about <laughs> I didn't really technically have a Jesus topic. <laughs> But Jesus is in the middle of all of it. So it doesn't really matter. But anyway, okay. So okay. So this is how it it all went down. I'm trying to find the the original post. It's
0: in our text message. You said it. I know that's where
1: I that's where I started. Okay. So it started with this is the original post. Some of you pastors are married to a Vashti and wonder why the ministry isn't growing. So we're going to just, par- okay, let's stop right there. First of all, I I have a whole thing with, the, like, the underlying sexism. Like, you, th- you basically throw in women under the bus. Yep. And this is a yep. woman who posted this, right? Yep. So I, right. So, so I usually scroll past nonsense. I just keep scrolling. But you were triggered, but you were triggered. But I had time Monday morning. <laughs> <laughs> so I posted, she refused to be gang raped by some drunken yes men, but Okay. Her name actually means goodness, but dot, dot, dot. And then I get a commenter. Where did it say she was going to be gang raped? Then another commenter. Then they're tagging me. Vashti was the queen of Persia before Esther ascended the throne. LOL. What Bible are you reading, hun? Gang raped? Bay? what are you talking about lol first of all I don't like the passive-aggressive like you trying like you know me the hun yeah the hun, you the don't hun, know me yeah. you don't know me right yeah and the hun and like and I wasn't going to say anything right so but you want to know what else so then I got triggered in that moment again because I always feel like Because, and this is someone who I counted, I preached 47 Sundays this year, and then I'm going to tell you how I still feel sometimes inferior to people that may have gone to seminary. I'm not saying that these people have, I'm just saying, like, I'm about to step, I feel like I was about to step into the debate stage and not have mm-hmm. proper training, right? Because <laughs> yeah. I wanted to come back. So I paused and then I sent this to a couple pastors, <laughs> right? Specifically Black women as pastors because my my interpretation of this scripture is deeply rooted in womenist theology. I won't Yeah, be- absolutely. Okay. Yeah. That's the lens that I came out of because when I first heard this story from a womanist perspective, it changed my whole perspective of Esther and Vashti yes. and everything. Right. So they were like, Shawnee, you're right. F-, <laughs> F them. She's like, fuck. They were like, fuck them. Da-da-da-da, right. Okay. So, um, and so that just gave me more energy to come back. So I did. Mm-hmm and i came back and i said critical thinking and exposition of it is is important when reading scripture what do you think was going to happen to her around some drunken men vashti stood up for herself and gave herself autonomy over her body both her and esther show us how to dismantle oppressive systems both outside vashti and inside Esther. And I just want to pause and give credit to that part when I unpack this with Reverend Shania Leonard. <laughs> because I was like, oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> right. And like because they are such a great teacher, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, and and they were so calm with it. And they were like, well, you know, bash tie shows up. I, and there was so much other stuff, juicy, real good stuff that they said, and I wrote it down somewhere in a notebook, but I was just like, for the purpose of this, I needed to get a one-two punch. Yeah. And I also knew that if I said too much, it was going to go over their head anyway. So I, yeah. I kept it that. And then I said, then I go on, this is how I ended. There are several resources other than white male scholarship that can support this finding. Mm -hmm. We are told to study, to show ourselves approved. We have to look beyond the text. The king is wrong in this story. And it's a horrible example of what submission should look like. Because the woman who posted this said she was just trying to show what happens when women don't submit to their leadership and Mm -hmm. their spouses, which is also a sexist thing. Yeah. Okay. And this is when it, when I realized that I was going to need, I was going to need a therapy session because this dude came back and was like, she was not a concubine or a harlot, which I never said she was. And why are you associating someone's, body being violated through rape only applies to harlots and concubines
0: mm-hmm. which just goes into common day rape culture of like you have to be asking for it in order to be like for or in order for people to, to believe that you were raped
1: yeah like I, so and, and it was and so then he says while i understand in persian culture men typically drink separately from their wives and Tabashti coming amongst drunken men may have seemed common. I don't find anywhere where it talks about gang rape. Now, then he's about to break down. Okay. When parties in Men part men parties in Persia would have dancing women, but this was a queen, not a harlot, a concubine, or a dancing girl, and that was not done in the Persian court. A king protects his wa- his queen. If that's the case, why would why did he want her to come out and and show everybody her beauty?
0: Yeah. But it's he, written right there in scripture that he presented Vashti before these men.
1: So before like the, how, before these how, men.
0: These protection.
1: Yeah. How is, how that, is that protection? protection? Because yeah. I've been I know you're not into you not into that life, Jesse. So you would never have a husband, but I've had two. Yeah. <laughs> and I wish I wish he would. Yeah. That's gonna be a problem. Yeah. And it's one of those things, too, that
0: like this isn't even just a Christian debate. Like this is amongst Jewish culture, too, that Jewish culture also recognizes that she was sexually assaulted and gang raped by these men or like was put in the position to be gang raped by these men. Yes,
1: and so know, and said, no, yeah, the girl said, no. So then he goes on to say. A king protects his queen because she is an extension of him, just like the king protected Esther later on, who for coming when she was not summoned could mean execution or a banishment. But in this case, when a queen is summoned by her king and refuses to come, it was dishonor. It was dishonor to the king and the king's authority. And for him to dishonor his queen like that would have dishonored the kingdom as well. You sound like, now he's now he's making it personal. You sound like you have an extreme problem with submission and you're using some off-the-wall idea of the story to prove it. Please go back and read the scripture and stop putting your 21st century perverted spin on it, love. Blessings and be well. Now, I never came at this man personally I said what i said and my i i wish we could be in in a posture where we can have different views and we leave the personal yeah opinion to our like i never said anything like i didn't i wanted to call him a hotep, but i didn't because <laughs> i think i thought it was going to dilute my point to go there but then he said I had a delusion of authority. It's not, listen, I will tell you this. I have evolved, but when I first, when I first got back into like, I always loved Jesus, but there was a period of about 12 years where I didn't, I was wandering. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was wandering. I was church hopping and everything. Church, I couldn't find the church that fit me, right? Mhm, um, and what w- and this kind of all comes full circle because what I realized is I was looking for some type of reformed faith, but I didn't have the language back then to even know what I was looking for, so in that regard, that's why I just love Presbyterianism because it allows you to question the text, not feel like... What you're feeling in your body is wrong. Yeah, like when I can sit there and say this scripture bothers me. Mm-hmm. There's several scriptures in the Bible that bothers me, and I can yeah. say that, and my faith is not in questioned. Question. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Like I'm <clears throat> still considered a faithful person. I'm mm-hmm. still considered like you know righteous or whatever. Right. So I just felt like, so I, I, I that's my disclaimer to say, I'm going to say about 15 years ago, I was probably a little bit more conservative in my theology than I am mm-hmm. now. And I did feel like, and I also was being led and formed and shaped through the lens of, of very conservative white women who were like, homeschooling their children and their mm-hmm. and and they stayed home but but it's so weird because you sit there and say like your husbands are like these great ceos of their companies whether it's entrepreneurship or somebody else's company but they make seven figures with but you have a whole business ma'am like mm-hmm. you're a working person as well but yeah. they didn't look at it as work but when I have to go and log in and have a checkout and get a receipt from your company, that's ministry every month, it is a business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that just like, I don't know, that just kind of burned me up. But anyway, so I did have this thought that like, like my husband should be the provider. That's never happened though. I've never been in a marriage that my husband was the sole provider? I was yeah. always the breadwinner, yeah. always. Yeah. I'm not saying that to brag. I'm saying that for that's just that was my reality. And I mm-hmm. started to think, I start. I'm like this. These this Bible study is not resonating with me because I don't know nothing about this life. I don't mm-hmm. know nothing. <laughs> right? Like, yeah.
0: And I mean, it's just interesting when I look at and i mean there are you know queer couples who have like a dominant and submissive person in their relationship or whatever or try to hold to those traditional beliefs but i just look at my relationship with sarah and like the equitability between the two of us of how we divide our responsibilities and like there's no assumed role or assumed like head of household or anything like that it's just we function we 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 divide up things because we are better at certain things. And <laughs> yes. like she like we made a deal at one point that she doesn't like killing bugs, so I'll kill bugs. But if we have to make a phone call to, to like order pizza, that's you. You have to do that. Um, I don't yes. like talking on the phone so you get to make all the phone calls and I'll kill all the bugs and like everything is we make a deal and there's no I love that you're, you're assumed to do this and I'm assumed to do this um, right but like, just, I don't
1: believe yeah. in gender roles in a house like I feel like you I, I agree with that concept of you do operate in your gift hmm yeah I told this story all the time on the sharing with Shawnee show, but when, when my second husband met me, I used to have a, a cleaning service because that's not my gift. Mm -hmm. I never asked him to help fund the cleaning service. Right. Mm-hmm. It was like he was like trying to change me, even yeah. but even before he was trying to wife me, right? Yeah. And by by year two, I no longer had a cleaning service. By year seventeen, that was like number twenty seven on his list on why he wanted to divorce.
0: Because you wanted a cleaning
1: service? No, because I didn't clean up.
0: But you—that's why you got a cleaning service. <laughs> it makes sense
1: <laughs> like this is who I was when you met me you yes. you changed that yeah this is my thing so because that was I, i'm going to psychoanalyze him right now he doesn't listen to the podcast <laughs> but my and this is what i feel like because it because you had never heard of that. It was new to you. You didn't know how to embrace it. And because your mindset was so minuscule in the sense that you, like, you didn't want to have to ever be asked to contribute to that. Mm -hmm. Because you're so frugal, you tried to end it before it was even a thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was so funny because when I was going through my... Divorce, like right, probably like six months before my marriage ended, God kept showing me different versions of healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. Right. I saw it in same gender marriages. I saw it in like other marriages, just like healthy relationships. Yeah. How, how, how partnerships, how partners were. Breaking down just how they were parenting because we also had different ways that we parent, mm-hmm. um, and when my kids started becoming teenagers, that became a problem because I'm just a little bit more open with certain subjects. Yeah, and so anyway, so God was showing me all these different ways. Like I saw the I saw the spouse that, and mind you, I was I was supporting clients who do what I do now, right? Right. Like speak and preach and write books and all this other stuff, right? And so I would have to travel a lot and go help them with their events, their conferences and stuff. Mm -hmm. I had one client whose husband was just a little bit more, um, he was more, uh, his gifting was in front of people, right? So he was Mm -hmm. less behind the scenes and more, you know, open and he would introduce her at every event, right? Mm-hmm. The best person for the job, actually, right? Um, and he would also get the crowd, right? He would get the crowd energized. Then, then I had another client whose husband you would never, you would, you would only see him on setup and breakdown, right? He'd be there at the event at 5 a.m. Set up all her banners, set up the table for me. I would put the stuff on the table, but he would set them up, put the put the um tablecloths on, and he'd be out before the first wave of volunteers showed up. All right, Shawnee, I'm out. I see uh text me, text me if, if it's going over, let me know, right? Because he mm-hmm. comes back and he shuts down. And that's how he supported, right? Mm-hmm. And I watched this and I think I've shared little bits and pieces of this offline with you. Um, and I think God was preparing me for the, ined- the inevitable in my own relationship. Mm-hmm. right? And where was I going with this?
0: <laughs> healthy relationships. You're talking about healthy relationships. Oh, God. <laughs>
1: Lord, i totally don't know what i'm talking about just before my marriage ended <sighs> backtrack talking about oh, got my- it. Got okay it. so i would so I remember being at a conference where um, it was, it was a it was a pastor. He was a pastor, but he was talking about healthy communication and, Mm -hmm. um, and to avoid manipulation in your marriage. Right. Great, great conversation. And he was talking and he said, look, you know, My, the, her, he, him, and his wife had been married for like at this point, like 36 years. Mm-hmm. He said around year 18 is when they had their, their, that was their dry season, right? Um, they had to figure out, you know, they were working, they were climbing the corporate la- ladder. He was a, he was running his ministry, his church, and working, right? And a full, he's a full time, he had a full time job and you know and um but they weren't making time for each other and he said i didn't put that on my wife to solve right mm-hmm. he said it wasn't just her job to solve that so yeah. he said they had a they had a they had a meeting he said we had you got to you got to you have a meeting and you got to have a meeting of the minds right and he mm-hmm. was like what do you need for so you are less tired When I need you to be more active, Mm -hmm. right? What do you need? What, how can I, How? what, what do I need to take off of you? She's like, I can't keep this house clean and do all of this. And and then you, and then come upstairs and be ready for you. Right. Mm -hmm. I just, I can't do that. He said, (laughs) he said, he said, her name is Edith. She comes twice a week on Wednesday. <laughs> and right in that moment, he's like, I'm, he said, what is what is $100, $200 a month to get time with my wife? That's nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said, yeah. and she's been with us, we're going on 36 years for the past 18 years. <laughs> That's how I'm not divorced. Because I hired a maid, right? Yeah. Look, it was in that moment, Jesse, that I was like, "You know what? Back in two thousand two, <laughs> I had a maid, mm-hmm. <laughs> and your house was clean." <laughs> so that was the whole point. It's like I, I had confirmation that, like, it wasn't me. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was not me, right? Yeah. So. So I say all that to say, I had, I had a girlfriend who her husband um, was like very into, you know, very analytical. So he would fix everything that broke, but he mm-hmm. was not mowing the lawn. Right. That's just not, but she came from, she lived on a farm. Mm-hmm. Right. That's all she did. Yeah. And so was, she had she a was very defensive. particular way of how she wanted her lawn to look. With the mm-hmm. lawn, and like very manicured. So she mowed the lawn. Now yeah. people could be looking at that. Like I would never look mow the lawn. Mm-hmm. Look, I live in a house. It's all women here. We don't mm-hmm. have no gender roles. Somebody got to take the trash out. Mm-hmm. Who we waiting for? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, and like Sarah and I have gotten to the point of, like I I don't I wouldn't call it OCD, but I am particular about how I. Like certain things, so like I like my shirts folded a certain way, or I like my laundry folded a certain way, or if there are things in the kitchen, there's a place for everything, and everything has its place. And if you arrange it just so that everything will go into its place, and so for me, you know, we were we've had these conversations of either you either need to let something go or you need to do it yourself. And so for us, like sometimes when we're when the dishes have piled up or something, they'll be like, if you unload the dishwasher, I'll load the dishwasher. And that's because I like things to go in a certain way. And so I will put them away in a certain way. And then she doesn't have to worry about coming back and being like, you did this wrong. And because I just went ahead and did it the way that I like it. And she doesn't care how it is. But as long as I'm happy, she's happy. And the same thing with laundry. like, It's one of those, I like things folded a certain way. And I either needed to be like, I'll do this all myself, or I'll just let it go. And if she folds the laundry that day, then I'll just be fine with how she folds the laundry. And so it's about, it's not so much, I think for me, it's not so much about submission as it is compromise. Like, are you having healthy conversations? Are you compromising, like, the laundry isn't going to be where I hang my hat in terms of like, I don't, at the end of the day, I don't give a shit how my shirt is folded. But the laundry is put away and she's not mad at me and I'm not mad at her. And like, we've moved on and we've arranged our lives to be a certain way so that we can continue to have healthy conversation and compromise. And when things get annoyed or like things come up, we address them instead of just like pushing them down and saying, you need to do X, Y, or Z so that I can be happy.
1: But absolutely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: we're not the shining example for healthy marriages. Like we have our own shit to work on. Nothing's wrong, but like, I think all relationships have things that they need to work on.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think, I think it's the way, how you get through the problem that makes it successful. Right. Yeah. Did you get through the problem and is everybody whole in the process? Yeah. Cause I think you can have compromise, And behold, at the same time, like Mm -hmm. a healthy compromise, no one loses. Right. Exactly. That's what I believe. I think a lot of times people think you got to lose something to compromise. So it's this fight to like, I remember in therapy when I, when we did go to marriage counseling, the counselor was like, do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? Mm -hmm.
0: That's an interesting question. Why did you answer that?
1: Huh? How did you answer it? Depends on the topic. Yeah. (laughs) Because what you're not going to do is just like straight play me in my face.
0: (laughs) I mean, is that even a healthy question? Like, do you want to be happy or do you want to be right? Like, Because, like. I would be happy to be right. (laughs)
1: Right. (laughs) And also, look, it's, yes. There was a lot of times where I'm like. I'm not even, I know I'm right, but we just going to ride this out. Yeah. There were certain things that I was just standing. Like I'm standing on business, (laughs) Jesse. Like I am right. (laughs) You are bound and determined to use that properly. (laughs) Okay. One thing y'all. Okay. Sidebar. If y'all don't know this about me yet. I love I love term. I love slang. I love talking in slang. I love I love when I know slang and I use it with my children and they just think they cringe. Yeah. I don't do it out in public too much because I don't want to embarrass them. But they've been saying I'm standing on business for like two weeks. And then the funny thing is, is that rapper TI son went his video went viral because that's what he kept saying. And that and I was like, I don't want to say this anymore because of this. Of <laughs> but I still, I like when my, when my kids were using it in a sentence, I was like, oh, they serious about their life. Yeah. <laughs> and they well, used it. Huh? Go, ahead. No, go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. Go ahead. So they, they, they used it. So we're in this group chat with, with my nieces and their moms. And they, they share everything in this group chat. And so my niece got like all a's in her ap class and my daughter was like oh way to go jamie this the way to go you standing on business and i was just like oh like she's handling her business i i like this and i had text jesse and i was like (laughs) i just learned this new slang and somehow it's gotta get in my sermon i don't know when i don't know how but the fact that it's happening but I debuted it on the podcast and I feel good about myself. I feel like
0: we need to share that video that you shared with me. Was it yesterday? The Insta video from Gary Michael Anderson. It's like, I can't keep up with slang anymore. Like when I was in the club, it was about turning up or like everything's going down and now everything's turning up. Like, when did we change direction? (laughs) (laughs) He
1: set that whole joke up really well. I love smart comedy oh yeah <laughs> yes oh yes. okay my girl rosalind Ca- Ra- I why i keep wanting to call her rosalind cash i don't because there because there's a Ro- there's a there's a
0: rosie carter cash yeah that's why maybe that's why because like, her
1: mother was Ro- Roslyn, wasn't it like johnny cash's wife and it wasn't rosalind, oh, no, it was june but,
0: but, there was june Ca- there's june carter cash Yes. So maybe that's why you're thinking of the Carter in the middle. Okay.
1: All right. Well, <clears throat> Rosalind Carter's funeral was yesterday. And I just mm-hmm. want to shout out her grandson Jason. They had multiple people give eulogies. Um, Jason is the chair of the board for at the Carter Center. And when um uh he greeted the um he greeted all the distinguished guests, but then he said uh, President Clinton, Dr. Biden, thank you for bringing your lovely husbands. <laughs> no, it was the cutest thing. I'm like, yes, F patriarchy and sexism. I, I just yes. It was so subtle, but it was just so, it was yes. so on brand for what I like. <laughs> yes. And such a great, and then he told this story about his grandmother Um, they were flying somewhere on vacation and she pulls out stuff for sale and made sandwiches for all the grandkids and then started passing out sandwiches on the plane to everybody. Like, I would just, I want my life set up where I can just randomly get a sandwich or a cookie (laughs) from like some celebrity mother. Yeah. Yeah.
0: what did he say she was the cool grandma she was the cool grandma
1: She was the cool grandma it's so beautiful
0: yeah i learned i learned a bit quite a bit from like listening to his eulogy i mean and i think we've talked about it before i think we talked about it with um what was the guy that won the cmt award that the
1: oh jelly roll
0: Jelly Roll that we were talking about, like you don't. I'm thirty. How old? However old he was, thirty five, and he just started new yeah, artist or something. Thirty
1: nine, Jesse. Like yeah. he's like forty.
0: He's yeah. almost forty, and he just won new artist. And so, like, don't let age be a factor. And I remember, I think he said in his eulogy, like she was sixty years old and she learned to ski, and then she was skiing yes. for the next twenty five years. Twenty five years, and I'm yes. like, you, you, age is just a number. Like it is. you can do anything you want whenever you want, and. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, look at the Carters in general. Like they were still up until the last year or so when the, they both went into hospice. Were out there with Habitat for Humanity, constantly building houses. Like, yeah,
1: yeah. I it didn't is even really, remember. It really is, and I didn't realize that um, they were so young when they left office, mm-hmm. and like, you know, they had plant. They, I'm pretty sure. You know, people don't run for president to think, well, I'm going to only win if I win. I'm only going to do four years. Right. I think Mm -hmm. when you when you decide to run, when you make that commitment, you're saying I might have to do this for eight years. Right. So that's really what you're committing to. Right. Because nobody there's there's nobody's a quote
0: on the West Wing. Yeah, there's a quote on the West Wing that's like you get 18 months to govern when you run for president because you get in and then it's like you get your first hundred days. And then you you start immediately running for reelection. Like yes. you, there's eight. There's like an eighteen month whole period, of like a cumulative period that you get to actually govern, and the rest is just how do I get to the next? How the do next I get to the, next,
1: the next four years? Right. Yeah. So I. So they were. I. You know. So I think losing in 1980 was difficult, but they yeah. bounced back. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And like. They're and they're so. They're one of those presidencies and like those couples that they're so well liked. Maybe they didn't have the greatest run in office, but like have been so respected and loved since leaving office. Like and yeah. non-controversial in any capacity. Yeah. And like just I, oh, they're the, yeah, like they're the they're the
1: Carters, like yeah. And then like you know, and then like chip the second son the second oldest son um he was up there yesterday and he was sharing just you know attributes of his mom and how she was just such a supportive mom I don't even know if he had a drug problem like that wasn't even like like he told it himself like it wasn't like a scandal that broke out you know mm-hmm. it's like it just it's, it's for me it's a testament of like, when you're in the public eye, there's this expectation that you got to be a certain way and do a certain way, right? And yeah. they live their life as an example. And of course, you know, you never want your kids to have to go through hard stuff, right? But they didn't like, I I feel like they did what probably every family does and rallied around their kid in such a right in a way that the scandal did not break him right and it didn't break them either because i didn't even know about it Mm -hmm. yeah so yeah i thought that was pretty cool
0: Uh, i i I was thinking about this when you put it in the notes and then just kind of when i was reviewing all the stuff about the eulogy and whatnot and like you do ha- i mean there's a certain amount of pomp and circumstance that comes when when you you know are the first lady or you're the president or you're you know a civil rights leader whoever you are you're in the spotlight but like for the families of people who are in the spotlight you know i just kept looking at like her daughter and you know her grandson and and you know trisha yearwood and garth brooks sang at their the funeral yes. service yes. and i'm just sitting there going like if i were just Joe Schmo cousin sitting in in this like that I like this was my grandma and I really cared about her and I we had a really great relationship and I didn't give two shits whether or not she was the first lady of the United States like is there some sort of surrealness or also like the sense of I just want to mourn my grandmother in public I wouldn't be private like is there's I wonder if there's just this overwhelming burden of having to to mourn publicly. Like I just, I kept thinking about that I, while I was I, looking at I,
1: everything. Absolutely, and I think that's why they're having private services today. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have to have the pomp and circumstance because of their their title, right? Yeah. But uh, but there is there's something to be said about a private grieving process. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I just. Like, I know people say all the time, like, well, you're in the spotlight. You have to accept the responsibility of being in the spotlight. But at the same time, I'm just thinking about, like, somebody died. Like, I just... Right. I want to... And it's one of those things, too. Like, do you have to, as family members, maintain some sense of decorum? In that sense of, like, I want to be a blubbering fool, but I can't because... CNN, MSNBC and Fox News are all in the back and they're going to record me. And that's going to be the headline is that, you know, the second cousin of the grandmother was a blubbering mess on TV. And like all of a sudden, that's like, I just want to know, like, yeah. I wonder if how much you have to practice to be able to maintain. Like, I don't
1: I don't know if this I don't know if this lines up to what you're saying, but what came to my mind was like my um i had gotten this uh like like this inbox this during 2020 i used to post really crazy well not i'm not crazy stuff but you know i was just very passionate about what was happening in the world and i got this inbox of like this threat like this, this i don't know i don't know somebody was going to come and i remember my kids talking right and they were like Man, if any, if you ever got, if the police ever killed you, if something ever happened, right, my kids, so my kids were like, ma, I know you're going to be like, turn the other cheek because you all Christian and all. <laughs> but, so this is my dog, this is Rihanna. I burned burning everything moving <laughs> right? And I was just like, so part of me it was like, I felt. I felt the love you right? felt the love yeah <laughs> but I sat there and I was like "Rayana, you get to grieve however you want to grieve mm-hmm. I don't want you to grieve on how you think I would grieve you yeah. grieve how you would want to grieve you don't want to talk to people don't talk to people you want to issue a statement this is on the thing that i like i would be some type of thought leader by the time i died and like you don't the, know
0: shawnee you don't aso- know <laughs> the associated
1: press would want to would would, would want to get a quote or something right yeah right she said well Sean, she's like ma if you but if somebody killed you because you know you trying to dismantle racism and stuff i'm killing everything moving <laughs>
0: I want revenge. Turn it down. And I'm like,
1: get your people. Ride it on. I don't know what to say to that. Set the world on fire, kid. Do what you need to do. No, I guess I'm putting it out there that if anything, like, basically, Rihanna is saying, if I don't die at 102 from old age and I'm murdered, all the people that love me just be y'all, y'all be the mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. Y'all, y- tell the people, tell the people, tell the media. Shawnee raised her her children to be critical, independent thinkers. Yes, and <laughs> and she, she said they could, they could. You know, yeah. they're gonna try to. You know, they're gonna try to martyr me and my legacy. It'd be like, you know, there. Her mother wouldn't want that that's not Her true mother said
0: on uh, november 29th they could grieve however the fuck they want to grieve <laughs> as long as they come home alive yes that's, that's the yes. main yes. thing yes. come yes. home alive
1: yeah <laughs> yeah so that was that's what came to my mind because we can't like as much as you know the more the more i the more i live and i realize that you know we 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 raise our children and we parent these humans and we just want them like my only job and this might sound very low bar but it really isn't when you consider the amount of people that commit like really violent crimes I'm just trying not to raise an asshole
0: I don't think that's a low bar at all Given where
1: we are in 2023, I mean, I don't I, think that's a low bar at all. I, I, I'm just trying not to raise an asshole. I don't want my kid on the six o'clock news. Yeah, for, you know, I don't want my yeah. kid to be that they don't know how to process their problems and their hurts and their failures, and they take it out on other people. Mm-hmm. That's that's all I'm trying. That's all I'm trying. I don't need them. I to- think- I don't need I,
0: to move. <laughs> I,
1: don't, I just want to.
0: And I think the way that people have learned about you, Shawnee, and I mean, even in just snippets of how you've shared your parenting, of like, I want you to be able to talk to me about anything that you need to talk to me about. Right. And I feel like at this point, from what I know about you, and I mean, I know that there are others in your circle that probably know even more, but like, your kids do come to you and they do see you. As a fierce protector, but also as a safe space, and so, thank you. I I think you're doing a really great job. Well, thank
1: you, Jesse. You're welcome. Yeah. you're a
0: very good example of, of good parenting.
1: Thanks. So rest in peace, Roslyn and her family, and all of that. It's good stuff. So yeah, okay. So I did want to talk about the political so all of these yeah political shit <laughs> <laughs> and the nuance of boycotting right and so yes um so all of these um getting into the holiday season people keep kids keep asking me and you know and so um an influencer posted all of these companies that we should be boycotting because of the conflict, um in israel latest. yeah and i was having this conversation i should we should have brought nancy on nancy neil works for us as we mentioned before minister member national capital Presbyterian works for bread for the world oh i wonder if we were like on a radio show like could we like call in we like,
0: can call her like, now
1: There we hit there she
0: is oh
1: that's a nice picture of her that is a very nice picture Look at nancy bear all oh, oh, the
2: cute it's like my creepy um yeah. picture from my headshot for work i'm how long into my work
1: why this is are you crazy. saying this creepy okay so i know you're pressed you for time, but i thought it was a great intro and we started so this is how we form our show now we talk political culture a popular no, culture pop culture political shit jesus stuff so we talked about the pop culture and the jesus stuff and so today we're ending with um political shit and we just were thinking about um because it's come up when a conversation with you and then it came up with trying to figure out what we're getting each other for christmas in my house Ah. and 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 rihanna was like oh we have to boycott mac y'all i'm a mac whore oh yeah mac's (laughs) on the list I get all my, another story. Oh, my another
2: story. Okay. So I uh I was meeting my trainer last night. He asked me to get him a medicine ball from Starbucks. So I say I'm boycotting Starbucks because of their support for Israel and the fact that Israel's <laughs> killing people. And he's like, oh, okay. And I offered to get something else. And he said no. At first, I didn't know what a medicine ball was. It's some sort of like green tea, something or other that people think makes everybody healed. So I, I didn't even know that he was like having some sort of congestion thing. Then he says to me, like, I don't really care about this because, you know, they like, there's people in Southeast D.C. who are starving, who are being exploited, who are being like. We're all making all this effort and energy around all these people on the other side of the world. And like my people are really struggling. And I couldn't be mad at him for it because he's not wrong. Yeah. And he tells me he a speed camera on 295 that made like $3 billion last year in six months or something insane, insane. But it's like in a predominantly black part of town. And so, like, that's how they're balancing the budget. So, we had a whole conversation about that. But, like, I just was like, and then you and I, Shawnee, you and I have talked about these, like Burger King and uh, yeah. McDonald's and Papa John's are all on the list. Are and all of on the list. Of yeah. The fast food restaurants in
1: right a walking distance radius. Walking distance. And, and we I also have the Yes. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off because, but I'm just getting excited because I'm getting passionate because we're also in a food desert. So, like, at least have a grocery store there. Right. And we, and just to be clear, like, Nancy and I live in a part of Ward 8 where we have to go into Maryland to shop. Mm. Okay. So, that right there is, We can unpack that for an hour, but we don't have an hour. But my point is, like, whose burden? It it feels like the burden to boycott is placed on the The most community. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me just go back and say I forgot this part. I
2: pulled up the BDS freaking website, and sorry, I maybe mean, shouldn't have said freaking on your podcast. No, we said. Oh, we see, we curse all the time. Go ahead. <laughs> so I went to the BDS website and start looking at what the boycott things are. Starbucks isn't even listed, and I was like, wait, but like, I saw it on someone else's, you know, whole screen. So when there's a website. Is the website
1: to
2: yeah. tell you? Yeah, BDS okay. is the boycott,
0: uh, divestment, I've- sanctions I've- website. Yeah. i'll put it in the chat for you
2: yeah and so and so (laughs) montella's like i don't even see starbucks here and i'm like i saw it somewhere else i can't believe it's not on this website and maybe i need to look at a different part of the website but it was just not cool that i showed up and you know my thing is like maybe starbucks is a better boycott because like a lot of people with a lot of disposable income go to starbucks you know Mm -hmm. right yeah i just the the moms who have to get food really fast at the end of the day after working two jobs and then having to take care of screaming children and like the easiest thing to get to is Burger King. There's a Popeyes, you know Papa John's and McDonald's are right there on the main thing. Like if you're gonna take a bus there, yes, you could go to the grocery store that's a little bit further away. Also, like.
1: You know, it's it's just tricky. So it, it reminds me of in twenty twenty when we were trying, when, you know, or when or where when CEOs say inflammatory remark. In, is it inflammatory or is it yep. inflammatory? Inflammatory, um, inflammatory remarks. You know, like we wanted to boycott Papa John's when he used the N word, right? The the CEO of Papa John's, but my point was when you when you get into franchises because I worked in franchise systems, th- those franchisees like that's one of the after home ownership franchisee ownership is one of the fastest ways for minority groups in this country to obtain generational wealth mm-hmm. So a lot of these franchise these are all franchise Burger King is a franchisee. McDonald's franchisee, Papa John's franchisee, and they're all people of color. So it's like boycotting them, boycotting the individual restaurant. I don't, I. it's just a both and it's just so hard. Yeah.
2: It's very complicated.
1: It's very complicated.
2: And now that I'm, you know, I'm trying to boycott and I feel like, you know, like I have the, resources i don't really have the time but i have the resources to try to find alternatives and i'm willing and so maybe i'll just boycott so that somebody else doesn't have to so i oh, gotta
1: run thought. thank you thank, thank you, nancy. you nancy
0: sorry <laughs> <Thanks> uh, for-
1: <laughs> you gotta come back on when you have more time yeah definitely i think I you know I always like listening to Nancy and her and her perspective of things because mm-hmm. she looks at things from a privilege pace and then says how in my privilege can I dismantle right yeah and so I like the last part that she said where she when she's like I can boycott so someone else doesn't have to mm-hmm. that's like living right into your privilege
0: yeah right and I I appreciate it too like even in that moment where she was talking about the, the guy, her trainer, um, I don't really care about that because I have people in my backyard who are, are, who are suffering. Yeah. And that that, moment of like, Oh yeah, I can't even like, I can't be mad about that. Like you're there's that both two things can be true.
1: true. Yeah. I just want to challenge people who use that as an argument to not care about foreign policy then if that's the case, then work on your backyard. Mm -hmm. Because there's a lot of people that will sit there and use that as an excuse to not care about what's happening across the pond. But at the same time, okay, well, are you doing something here? Like that can't be like, that can't be be not doing anything.
0: Yeah. It also, it's like, that's, that's the reason that we have to dismantle the system because the po- the problem and the power is systemic and it starts at the top and that's why boycotting fran- like small franchise stores does more harm than good because you're you're not affecting the system you're affecting the 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 black family who bought the store to help build generational wealth and now you're refusing to shop there because you're trying to affect the people at the top Well, then figure out a way to affect the people at the top that directly affects the people at the top. Don't hurt this family that is working their ass off to to bring in money for their family to provide for their community.
1: Yes, absolutely. Ooh. You got excited. Oh, yes. I just love stuff that makes us think and makes us want to do better.
0: I liked that. I liked having that little, like, Let's call Nancy and get Nancy on. <laughs>
1: <We're> so
0: improvisation.
1: <laughs> like so by the time this sh- by the time this by the time this episode airs, we will be in Advent. Mm-hmm. What are you expecting, Jesse, in this season?
0: Um, it's funny. I was just in a roundtable discussion yesterday um about advent. And this idea of waiting and staying awake, Um, stay awake and be alert. And as an Enneagram stick, that's just part of your nature is to be alert so that you can be protective of others. And I was, as I was talking to them, I kept thinking about, you know, we have, we've been without a pastor since June. Um, We've had pulpit supply every week in some capacity and As much as I have walked alongside our previous pastor for the last 10 years and planning every Advent service, including during COVID where everything got super cattywampus and like effed up. You love that word. I do love that word. I'm not (laughs) going to (laughs) lie. And so like, even during all of that, you would think coming into this that I'm like, oh, I've got Advent. I've got it under control. I'm totally fine. But I think. This sense of being able to, I've been so focused on, I need to make sure Advent is good this year because we don't have a pastor and this has been a hard season for us. And we've been in this season of Advent for so long as a church that I really want this to be good. And I've been spending so much time focusing on that, that I'm not actually focusing on on Advent. I'm not focusing on birth and the surrendering of control. And when you when you when you enter into that space of Advent, like part of Advent is surrendering control so that you can be in wait for whatever it is that God is going to provide. And so for me, what I'm looking forward to is being willing to surrender control so that whatever the season brings, the season brings. And I will trust that it will be holy and and good for that. all who show up.
1: I love that. I I love that, and when when you are like, I guess would we would would you call yourself a church professional?
0: I don't know. I think other people might, but I I'm just holding us together
1: with paper clips and bubble gum I, at this point. I'm gonna call you a church. <laughs> professional. Right. <laughs> I'm just gonna call you that, just like you called me an activist last season, I and did. I had to <laughs> right. So um, I think when we get into ministry and we're doing, and we're like at that level where we're planning, 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 we got to remind ourselves that we also need our cups filled. Right. Mm -hmm. That We're also like, it is, it is absolutely important for us to sit back and be like, I want to take this in. Right. My, my friend, veronica so we used uh she's on the counting team so you know she counts the offering on sundays and they would always count right after the offering right so they go in the back and they would count and then and the team would miss the sermon like you could hear from the counting room but not uh, not great like you're you're still you're still counting so you're it's like probably listening to our podcast right Mm -hmm. you're multitasking and you know and she struggled for years and finally was like if i'm if in order to continue to stay on the counting team we can't count during worship Mm -hmm. right she had to she had to right and that's just breaking a tradition they've always because they've always done it that way right and we've now gotten to a point where we don't really have that much coming in. Like most of our giving is online anyway. Yep. So it's not a lot to count. Right. Yep. So they can, they can even hold it and count when the churches churches usually open on Tuesdays. And so they would mm-hmm. come in, but it took one person <laughs> to, you know, and I think you gotta have, you gotta advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember just being in a season where I knew it was time for me to move away from teaching Sunday school because I was doing all the things mm-hmm. and I was and I just didn't feel like you could be in a season where you you are at church 24 seven and you're doing all these church things, but you feel so disconnected from God.
0: hmm because at that point it's not church it's a job yes and I've had that conversation too like with people of I I need us to hire somebody and I need to know what it's like to not be the office manager the tech manager the clerk of session just so I can come to church and experience church again and I and when Leanne was there she was incredibly protective of that like you need to be able to just come to church yes and I think you know i think that's why pastors have out of pulpit days of like so uh, they'll be there but they're not involved yeah. in the service they're not doing the sermon like they're just there to be to have their cup filled um, yes. and if you don't have that in your contract you need to put out of pulpit days in your contract i'm saying put yeah. that in your terms of call i don't care what denomination you are put out of pulpit days in your
1: out in of your pulpit call.
0: Day. day
1: yes well, this has been fun, Jesse. It's always great talking to you. You too. And I love that your tree is up. It's giving me Jesus joy right now looking at your tree. I love that. See you next week. Peace. Pause time to hear from our sponsors the embracing race podcast is sponsored by the gin out youth chorus gin out is an outreach ensemble of the gay men's chorus of washington dc Out's mission is to give young lgbtq plus and allied youth a voice to connect to the community the ensemble is open to all singers between the ages of 13 and 18. For more information, contact www.gmcw.org. Isn't it our hope that we could come together as a society across the chasm of race and become the beloved community that Dr. King imagined? Interwoven Congregations' mission is to organize and support partnerships between faith communities with different racial compositions in order to foster racial justice and healing. For more information, visit interwovencongregations.org. HOD Records. It is not HOD, but it is HOD, no periods in between. HOD Records is a talent and artist development company that specializes in artistry, development, and contact creation. Serving the DMV and beyond, HOD creates a family-centered management style that promotes a collaborative spirit. Check out HOD Records on all social media platforms and visit hodrecords.media for more information. Thank you all to our sponsors.
0: The Embracing Race podcast hosted by Elders Shawnee McAwain and Jesse Littlejohn tackles all topics from pop culture to faith and the intersectionality of white supremacy and racism. Nothing is off limits as we hope to educate and transform with radical love. For more information, visit us at embracingrace.online or on Instagram at embracing underscore race underscore podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, or if you would like to submit a comment or question, please email embracing race podcast at gmail.com.